0: this show is a part of the versus the universe network for more information on versus the universe go to versus that's vstheuniverse.com. the universe.com aaron yo
1: what is something that you have always wanted to ask me
0: Something I've always wanted to ask you. Yeah.
1: Oh my god. Yeah.
0: You didn't like give me any chance to prepare this. Too bad. This is ridiculous. You're on the spot. I now. feel like I've asked you. All right. Fine. Fine. If you could recast anyone as Buffy and Buffy the Vampire Slayer that isn't in the Buffy cast, if you could cast anybody from like modern times in a reboot of Buffy, um, and I ask this because we're currently rewatching Buffy the Vampire Slayer, uh, or at least parts of it. We are gonna be on an episode of Adventure for Buffy the Vampire Slayer. So this is great right. homework. So yeah, who who would you cast as Buffy in modern time?
1: I don't know. Maybe she's technically too old for it, but I love Tessa Thompson.
0: Yeah, Tess, Tessa Thompson in high school would have been perfect for Buffy.
1: Right, and I but like Sarah Michelle Gellar wasn't seventeen when she started recording Buffy. Ooh,
0: what about Tessa Thompson for Willow?
1: No, I like Tessa. Really, I like uh, Tessa Thompson as Buffy. Okay,
0: I respect that. Willow. Also, like we're in a big Tessa Thompson kick. Everything she's in is great.
1: Yeah, I well, part of it is, I think, because her Valkyrie role yeah. is similar to a Buffy the Vampire Slayer, like in a lot of ways. Um, yeah, I don't know. She's really sticking out in my head.
0: What's one question that you always wanted to ask me?
1: Hmm. Yeah,
0: see, you, you put me on the spot by asking me what I wanted to ask you, but like you didn't think about having the tables turned.
1: If you had to give up yeah? any video game system. How dare you? What are you doing? For the rest of your life.
0: Oh, my Oh. Wait, any video game system
1: that you currently have (gasps) that you currently own?
0: (laughs) I was gonna say, if it's just any video game system, I would say the uh, sure give up the Jaguar or the Atari Lynx. Um, My PlayStation Three, because a lot of those PlayStation Three games are going to be ported to PlayStation Four and beyond.
1: Yeah, I feel like I want to rephrase my question. Damn, (laughs) the I'm talking about the most recent version. Oh, Xbox One. Like you couldn't have any Xboxes. Oh, That's so what I'm. You can't uh, get around it with some old. I know I wasn't very good at this, and it doesn't have to be a console. Yeah. You could give up PC gaming forever if you wanted. No, but the, I recently got into it, and it's so. And good. that might be the way of the future. So. Uh,
0: okay, it has You're to be so a video game. It can't be like a. It can't be like an RPG system or something.
1: No, it has to be basically like yeah, a family. Xbox, like Xbox. if you had to give up, I
0: would give up the Xbox family. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the right answer. Yeah, I think it's the. I think uh, we're gonna get into it on this episode. I used to be a huge Xbox uh, gamer fan. I was a right. big old guy in the Xbox.
1: Yeah. Yikes. So the reason I asked is because this is our Q&A episode. Sure is. Yeah. We've been
0: gathering questions from people ever since our panel back in August at Gen Con. And uh, one, we, we, we've we been actively thinking about some answers to the questions that people have posed to us. And also, uh, this is just a really good way for us to spend some time on games that take a little bit longer. Um, you may have noticed that some of the games we've talked about bringing onto the show are... Just long, crunchy games. Right. And uh, they take some time to play. Yeah, we um, can't
1: really just like knock out all of Pandemic Legacy season two from yeah, one week to the we next. We can't really
0: do that with mechs versus minions. Like it's right. it's a lot. This QA episode has been compiled over a number of weeks and months. Uh we took some of the best questions that we got and uh and some of the funny ones. And we are going to pose them to each other during Ooh. this episode. So shall we do it? Yeah, let's do it. Alright, let's clink. Let's clank. Here we go. Let's-a-play!
1: Welcome to the Cooperatives Podcast with the real-life human couple Liz and Aaron. Oh, hello! Where we will discuss the joys and sorrows of cooperative gaming with a significant other. Today, we're talking... Questions and answers. Yay, but not our
0: questions. They're your questions.
1: But not your answers. They're our Our answers. answers. (laughs) We have fun here. Oh, my. Yeah, I feel like we should kind
0: of just like get right into it, especially since, you know, when we start an episode, we usually talk about what we're drinking because we like to bring different drinks to the table as we talk. Right. The first question was actually one of our most asked questions from multiple people.
1: I mean, I think it's clear what people like about listening to the podcast. <laughs> Getting a little
0: tipsy. Yeah. And listening to us talk about some game times. Uh, do, do you want me to kick it off? or do Yeah, you want... go for it. All right, kick cool. It off. So again, from, from multiple people, we got, what drinks do you pair with gaming or podcasting? And do you theme them with the subject matter, such as rum with pirate games or Jabrovka with The Witcher?
1: That is an excellent question, and we, I appreciate it. I
0: think we got it from like five or six different people.
1: Right. So um, I think if somebody's making drinks, it's usually me, like making a cocktail oh, or yeah, something. Yeah. You're really good at it. Uh, and I I actually, know it sounded
0: like sarcasm, but it's not. She's really good re- at it. No, it's... You're, you're really, really good, good at it.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, I know that... I'm good because you drink it So I don't I'm, I'm like pretty confident in that Yeah 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 Every now and then I think I do try a little bit To be on theme But it's usually more about The mood that I'm in And like the weather Or mm-hmm. what season Or generally just like what is the way that I can involve whiskey? Although I think I've done a margarita. You or two. you've done a
0: margarita once or twice. Uh yeah. when we played Seafall, you made some sort of pirate. Oh, margarita I
1: drink. did. I did a dark and stormy for Seafall. That's mm-hmm. a really good point. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um I I think that there's an important part of this question that we need to break up. It what? says, What drinks do you pair with gaming or podcasting? And I I feel very I feel specifically one way about this and another way. So I like drinking while I podcast because I like to be a little bit loose, and I usually always have bullet whiskey or, uh, or I'll have one of Liz's drinks. Whenever I'm gaming, if I'm playing a board game, it's usually beer or whiskey, but if it's a video game, I don't drink. Because I don't like playing games while I drink. I feel like my response time goes down. And if I lose, I want to make sure it's me. I don't want a drink to bring me down.
1: I feel so bad that we're starting it off this way, but I have to call bullshit. What? Because I have been with you while you've gotten slowly drunk and played video games many okay. times. Okay. Many Let's times. Let's say
0: uh, competitive online games. I will not drink while I play. That I totally like, believe. Like Destiny, I will not drink while I play because, like, I don't, I don't want to
1: have like a oh, bad no, trigger finger. Oh no! But that's not true <laughs> No, <either>. it is.
0: <laughs> it is. No, I don't. I just, I don't prefer it. I don't like it. Yeah. yeah. I think
1: if you're just like, maybe if you're just going on like a raid with friends or something, I've definitely seeing you knock them a, back.
0: A raid is different because, like, I'm not playing online against another team. I'm playing against an AI.
1: Right. I definitely can imagine you not wanting to drink if you're playing, like, competitive Street like Fighter Overwatch? against people. Oh, my God. Competitive Street yeah. Fighter. Get
0: out. I will, like, I will do a cleanse for a week beforehand just so I can count frames. Right. Yeah. Which is, like, a whole other issue. It's a whole other thing. I'm just saying. Yeah. No, it's yeah. serious.
1: No, no. I think I, I totally neglected the pair with gaming part. Yeah. Um. I... I like to drink really at any time, and so also while I'm playing games. I'm a lush. Uh, I'm fine drinking while I play video games, but I just forget. So, like if I if I pour myself a drink or if you I do. get a beer, I like don't drink it for an hour.
0: So Liz is one of those people that has like five glasses of water littered around the house just in case. You're
1: gonna thank me one day.
0: Yeah, when aliens come and we have to kill
1: them. Exactly. But
0: it's 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 one of those things that's like charming. But I'm yes, like, so
1: it's very charming. I like that you said that in an, <laughs> an extremely sincere manner. But it's,
0: it, yeah, uh, I like to drink while I'm playing board games because I'm enjoying the company of other people, and I feel like everyone else is drinking. It's it's camaraderie, like, right. and it helps loosen you up. I feel like when you start a board game, um, just that first round... Uh, right. It can be a little stiff sometimes, especially if you haven't played the game in a while. So I always like relaxing with the drink. Obviously, that's not for everybody. Uh, yeah. But my drink of choice is usually bullet rye or uh, I have been known to get some Woodford Reserve. I'm a Ooh. big fan of that. And wine. I just I love wine. Any right. kind of red wine.
1: So, yeah, I, I agree with board games. I am more likely to have a drink and I am more likely to remember to drink it. Uh, but also... A lot of times if we will have, like, a whole day planned with friends where we're going to play, like, a really crunchy board game or a bunch of games throughout the day, Uh, one of our friends, I think Brian coined the term breakfast beers for hard cider Yeah, because it goes down nice and easy in the morning. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I have taken taken that habit on as well of starting with a little breakfast beer when I play games in the morning.
0: I feel like uh, I, I do want to state, I don't think it's necessary to drink to enjoy, but um, a lot of the times, uh, a lot of the, a lot of our friends here in Chicago, we enjoy different breweries. Yeah. And uh, it's, just, it's just a nice social thing to do. Right.
1: I mean, I joke about being a lush, but I actually, because I'm such a slow <laughs> drinker, um, and I mean, even now I've accumulated two drinks in front of me because I can't, like finish one drink before i move on to the next one one of th- i do find pleasure in coming up with like you said for seafall i did a dark and stormy which we haven't covered i think for this show but mm. when we played it with friend um so sometimes it's just the fun of like the art of coming up with a cocktail mm. that matches um but yeah as far as the subject matter that's like about yeah. as intense as it usually gets yeah. just because I don't know, maybe I'll have to try and dig a little deeper for some future episodes.
0: Uh, whenever the Resident Evil Two board game comes out, I would love it would it would mean a lot to me if you could somehow make a theme drink for that because I really am excited for that game. And yeah. I love Resident Evil i I'm
1: gonna come up with a cocktail that like sprouts a bloody eyeball when you try to drink it. <laughs>
0: I'll drink it. Let's get on to the next question. Okay. okay. Next one's heavy. Like the first question was fun and delightful. Next question's heavy.
1: Okay. Yeah. No, I love this next question. Mm -hmm. Um, This is from our friend Sean Lenhart. And he asks, how do you get out of a game when it's taking way too long to finish without hurting anyone's feelings?
0: So, so sub question, Liz, has this ever happened to you? Have you ever been in this situation?
1: Oh, yes, it has. And it's funny because I feel like what just happened with the last question is was basically my answer for if it's the two of us. One of <laughs> us will just say, Eh, this is like not as fun. Yeah. Do we just wanna stop? Or should we just call it a night? Or I'm getting sleepy. I mean when it's just you and your partner, it can be nice that you can be Open straightforward about that. and yeah, honest yeah. about what's going on. But it has happened to me in group games as well.
0: Uh, I feel like I feel like we we just kind of encountered this. We we ended up playing a game last week with some friends and out of the six of us, I think half and half, like half wanted to stop playing, and the other half was like, we should keep going. We should try to finish it. And I think what ended up happening there was the three people who wanted to stop saw how much the other three really wanted to like see the end of it, and we saw how much it meant to them to finish it, and I think we all kind of said, like, that's fine. We'll do it. We'll push through. And I think it's really a matter of reading the room. I've I've been in a situation where... Where no one's really wanted to continue playing a game, but nobody really says anything. Mm-hmm. And that's just made it more detrimental. Um, so I, I think something like this really takes some some like social skills to figure out what you think other people want to do and then go off from there.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think the most important thing to do if you're in a situation like that is just to fake a hand injury. Yeah. Because if yeah, you do that... Perfect then that's a good way like you can't play anymore if your yeah. hand is injured mm-hmm. and it's like better bit by a cat That or like something that involves just general nerve damage so you have to leave mm-hmm. i think that's really the best way to go about it
0: remember that time i said that i had bronchitis out of nowhere and i had to leave that worked out really well
1: it did work out really well was that not was that not true that was our third date.
0: Oh, I'm so sorry I thought Aaron it you.
1: what
0: it all comes clear um, but yeah uh, Sean I think I think this is a this is a really good question and I think just the way that, that you asked um, how do you get out of a game without hurting someone's feelings the fact that you're mindful of that person's feelings says a lot, I think you're already doing the right thing. You're you're actively listening, and and you care about the other person playing. Right. So, um, I I think that you just need to read the other players, and if there's a if there's an activity that you can do besides playing the game, or if you can board it up for now and come back to it later and not have a big big deal, great. But just just be honest, because if you're not having a good time, it's just gonna get exacerbated.
1: I think. In all honesty, depending on the kind of game, you can do things to sort of speed it up. I mean, if you're playing something, for example, where there's a betrayal mechanic, you can help the betrayer, or you can, as the betrayer, just on purpose, do not a great job. I mean, as long as you don't do it with a bad attitude.
0: A bad attitude, if you will?
1: If you will. I won't. Most people are not going to be upset. You know, it becomes different if you're like, whatever, I don't care. You just kind of like purposely just throw whatever cards on the table. I mean, you have to still be playing, but you can do things to sort of speed up the end. But if you really know the people, I think it's usually fine to say like, hey, I'm not really feeling this. Would you hate it if I like bowed out and I just hung out in the background or like, you know, pretend that you have to leave, say your house is on fire. Can I give
0: an alternate answer? Because I, I do think that being honest and saying that you want to play is one solution. But I think another solution, something that I've employed several times, revel in how bad the game is and revel in how bad you're going to lose. Because if you just shift your your outlook to, boy, I don't want to play this game, I don't like this game, too. Boy, I wonder how much I can break this game, or I wonder how badly I can make the the deficit and the loss. There's been a few times where I've really just been like so bored of a game, I I've, I've said, you know what? I'm just gonna try whatever tactic comes in the mind and see if that breaks the game, see if that breaks me out of this boredom stupor. And it's really just a change of attitude. I I, I think just reaffirming like you play games to have fun, so like make your own fun with it.
1: Right, and maybe you just fall asleep at the table.
0: Yeah, you got all these ways to escape it. Uh, should we move on? Yeah. All right. Next question. Uh, this comes from our friend and uh, Patreon patron, uh, Molar Duck. What's your favorite non-cooperative game to play, and who usually wins?
1: I have several written down. Oh goodness. The several that I have written down are Sagrada, uh huh, Splendor, uh huh, Clank. Yeah, Clank's and great. Lords of Waterdeep.
0: I, so you you. Pretty much nailed all of them.
1: Yeah, these are all perennial flavor, flavors. Perennial flavors. They're <laughs> yeah, yeah. perennial favorites for us. Um, Sagrada is, and Clank are both new, Yeah, um, relatively speaking. But yeah, so Sagrada, I think we've... Win about fifty-fifty. Yeah, that it's one. it's
0: pretty it's pretty evenly dispersed. Right. What, what a fun game. It's oh.
1: really fun. So, um, you should look up Sagrada so you can see what it looks like because it's very pretty. I think we've mentioned it before on the show, but you're basically making stained glass out of gem-colored dice. Yeah. And it's a dice drafting game, and what that means is when you when it's your turn, you you draft, you pick out dice from. A pile of dice that have been rolled, and you have to put those dice into your stained glass sort of template. Um, but they have certain rules they have to meet, like you know the same color can't be directly adjacent to another one of the same color, mm-hmm. or the same number can't be directly adjacent. So you have all these rules about how you can place them, and then you also have goals for the way that you're placing them. It's really fun and it's really pretty to look at.
0: I would have to second all of the games that Liz said, but. And and I feel like we talk about Splendor an awful lot in the show, so I'm gonna I'm gonna edge away from that. My favorite game that isn't specifically co-op, it's co-op up until a point. I personally love Betrayal at the House in the Hill. It is a game that is co-op up until the end, and then it's team-based. It's basically everyone versus the betrayer. It's a game that really plays to my interests. It's very horror-based and it's very random, um, and it's it's just got a really great way of telling stories. I think. Um,
1: it's funny you're answering this question with a game that we covered for the cooperatives. right? Yeah, well, no, it's 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 co-op
0: up until a point. It's right. not strictly cooperative, but I just I wanted to put that out there. Uh I think that Lords of Waterdeep is one of the best balance games I've ever played and early on Liz and I played that a lot, like pretty much every other day we would play that and like end the night with a drink and then Yeah. That. Because it
1: was my favorite game and I wanted you to know about it. And it's it.
0: really good. Like, I, I think I tend to become an enthusiast out of new interest very quickly. Right. And Lords of Waterdeep was one of those games where, like, I researched all these strategies and I wanted to get all of the accessories for the game. And I just organized the game for the 23rd with a bunch of our friends that, like, I bought the broken token for and I got the metal coins. And I'm like, this is a game we're going to have forever. I want to play this game forever. And the great thing is, the reason why I love playing this game is that it really ramps up as it goes on. There's about seven or eight rounds in the game where you uh, place these workers in the town of Waterdeep and also the port of Skullport. And you really just don't know who's going to win until the end. And I love that excitement in the game. And it's not too crunchy. If you play it once for a half hour, you can pretty much play it forever.
1: Yeah, it's like Uh, medium crunchy. Like, you you still have to be strategic and Mm -hmm. you really can't win unless you have some strategy, but uh, it's not like overwhelming. And once you know how to play, you can kind of run some of the strategy in the back of your Mm -hmm. mind.
0: I was going to say this and Street Fighter. I love Street Fighter. I will play competitive Street Fighter with friends all the time. I you will... mean
1: the video game?
0: Yes. Um, I will usually win, but I love playing with other people and b- right. because like usually people I play with are beginners and they just kind of mash buttons and like they don't know what they're doing. But as an experienced player, that's like very challenging for me because I'm used to knowing exactly what a character is going to hit me with. I yeah, love that. I love um,
1: that. And I should clarify that we don't really play Street Fighter against no. each other very much, but we did on I think our second date, and mm-hmm. I beat you. You
0: did. That was that's great. That's how you knew. It was a good time.
1: I was one of those button mashers. I'm gonna put a ring
0: on it. Yeah. Uh, should we move
1: on? How many games do you own,
0: Liz? This question's giving me anxiety. Exactly oh
1: already. man. So this is. I, a, oh boy. We were sitting in our living room and i was like "Aaron, you better count our games oh so boy. that we can answer this question oh, it's, it's bad. so i should say at first in terms of board games we have about 90 board games about so you counted combined well you counted 82 yeah all of this yeah so you counted 82 we've lent out a few games oh that's right we, we also have a few games just sort of floating around the rest of the house and you were just counting our uh do we yeah, we have. Do we stash games? We have one right now in our entryway. We have Buzzword. Oh, yeah. And then we have uh, Thief, Master Thief over here on this other <laughs> oh, table. Yeah. yeah, we just have games scattered around our apartment. Oh,
0: y'all, we're going to cover Master Thief for an upcoming episode. It's going to be real it's good. It's going to be a fun time.
1: So, uh, yeah, so about 90 board games between the two of us, which is like. I, I think maybe a little bit less than I was expecting. That's
0: way more than I was expecting.
1: Oh, well, there. Okay, so, Yikes. but video games.
0: Video games, this is... So... Oh, boy.
1: You counted all of the boxed video games.
0: Boxed across PS3, PS4, Xbox 360, original Xbox, Xbox One, Nintendo Switch, and... Plus
1: some random, like, SNES games um, and whatnot, right? I have
0: some NES, SNES, N64... Yeah, it's fine. Okay, so <laughs> oh, and, and this PS2, was and, PS2.
1: and this was all of the games across both of our collections, mm-hmm. and you counted two hundred and eight boxed video games. Oh,
0: it's actually probably more like two hundred and twenty because you got a bunch of N sixty four games in the cabinet. Oh, you didn't count my N sixty four games. No, okay. oh, well they're stuck behind. So yeah, we'll yeah. say
1: approximately two hundred and twenty. Yeah. Then you counted. All of your digital mm, PlayStation you games. You don't have to mention it. Aaron, 456 <laughs> digital oh, PlayStation games.
0: Yeah, it's fine.
1: But, uh, but that's like
0: digital PS1, 2, 3, 4 games. Like that's, then, that's digital across three platforms. Right.
1: This is... And then 95 on Steam, 13 on Switch... Twenty on Xbox. Oh, 20 on Xbox One and ninety-four Xbox three sixty. All of those digital games I just mentioned, that's only for you. <laughs> so I don't yeah. have nearly as many. And there's gonna be quite a few duplicates. You know, for us. when you say it out loud, I feel like a fiend. But I would wager between the two of us, uh-huh. I think, if you don't count the board games, we have about a thousand video games.
0: Yeah, and let me tell you, okay, so first off I don't know why I'm getting defensive. Like, yeah, it's, I'm not. It's fine. I didn't even say it yeah. in
1: like an aggressive way. I,
0: I Liz Liz likes to. Uh, well, sh- she used to. She used to make fun of me for it, and I and, still do.
1: Mm, if it's what I think, it's, you're talking it's not.
0: About. It's not. But I like to have a library. Yeah, I like he'll to- <laughs> be
1: like, he'll just randomly be like, I got this original PlayStation game, and I'm like, why are you playing it on an original PlayStation? Do we have that even? And you'll say, it's for the library. Well, well, they're
0: very sentimental. Like, I I have boxed and near-mint copies of Ocarina of Time, Final Fantasy VI, Super Mario RPG, Final Fantasy 7, 8, 9. Like, all these games that, that really mean a lot to me personally that, as an adult, I would like to see on a shelf and I'd like to revisit every now and then. Not through emulators, not through digital stuff. Like, I... I want to ideally, and this sounds really cheesy, but like, ideally, I would love to be able to look at my kids and be like, this is what I used to play. I know you're playing some like voodoo 4K VR game right now and your eyes are going to pop out of your skull. But like, I would love to say back in my day, we had to put a card in or Final Fantasy was spread across four discs, four discs. I would love to do that. Right. And, and that, that's, why. that's just, why.
1: You like physical copies of your digital media.
0: I like physical copies of some of my favorite <laughs> You're games. Realizing well well how no 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 like like is. it actually it hurt me when like I played the Evil Within two and I, I bought it as a digital download and I loved the game so much. Like I had such an intense reaction to that game in even the first hour. Um it's a game I can only play for like thirty, forty five minutes spurs because it's so scary. But I was like, Oh, I wish I had a box of this. I wish I could like Look at the manual. Oh, I love that's that. That's
1: so funny. I just I think that the games I feel that way about are so. I, they're so much fewer and farther between Earthbound. than they are for you. Earthbound. Yeah, but but also like, what am I going to do with an Earthbound cart right now?
0: Oh my God, you're going to treasure it and put it in a shadow box.
1: Or not. Or I'm oh. just not. See, that's the difference between you and me. I am that way about books. I mean, when we moved in, you are
0: like your book collection is. Immense, and I love you for that. Yeah, I think it's gorgeous.
1: Yeah, I really am a shelf hog when it comes to books. So I think between the two of us, we're always going to have plenty of things. Yeah, (laughs) that's basically. Yeah.
0: Also, if you have old games that you think you're just going to throw out, just let me know, and I will take them.
1: Please don't let him know. No,
0: please do. I will give them a good home.
1: So yeah, we're talking. We're talking all together about about a nice round twelve hundred games between the two of us. (laughs) Oh
0: my god. It's going to be Moving more. Moving on. Mm-hmm. Okay, next question. This one also comes from Facebook. What are your favorite single-player non-co-op games? So I feel like... I'm
1: gosh. high on that Horizon Zero Dawn, say, baby. Yeah, you
0: love Horizon. Oh, it's hard for me to pick a single-player game that I like more than the others, but my, my blanket... Answer for this is usually just Bioware games, specifically Dragon Age. It used to be Kingdom Hearts Two. That was my absolute favorite game. The moment I finished, it, I said, "This is my favorite game of all time." Before that, it was Metal Gear Solid. The moment I mi- I finished that game, I said, "This is the best video game I ever played." And guess what? Still is up there. It is a classic. Um, and also, I love Final Fantasy VI. I love Final Fantasy VIII. I love Final Fantasy VII. But I've also played it like to death. I've come to love Final Fantasy VIII way, way more as time has gone on.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm very high on Horizon Zero Dawn at the moment, obviously. Um, my favorite that I always say is Earthbound. I love Earthbound so much. And I've actually been playing Persona 4 recently, which I'm really digging in what part a, because... it's splendid game. It really does remind me a lot of Earthbound, which is great. <laughs> um, I mean, I think the JRPG thing is always going to be like that a little bit uh big fan of Minesweeper really I love Minesweeper really yeah like on on old computers
0: do you like Ski Free
1: Ski Free is fine but it's not as satisfying to me as Minesweeper you
0: get more compelling every day
1: yeah thank you this is great yeah I'm learning something it makes me feel like a spy when I play Minesweeper (laughs) I'm always playing it and I'm like if I beat the extra large level I'm going to get a call from the CIA can I, and they're going to be like, we need you for something. You think
0: you're the last starfighter with Minesweeper. That's what you think.
1: But I mean, I don't want to like sweep minds for the C- CIA. I think they're just going to be like, we need a brain like yours. <laughs> can
0: I be honest? Please. I don't think I know how to play Minesweeper. It's like you hit the button and you can only hit like one box, one away from it because the numbers pop up.
1: So yeah, when you basically whenever you, unless you get totally hosed and you hit a bomb on the first one, but- Ideally, you don't hit a bomb on the first one. And all of the numbers, mm-hmm. that tells you how many bombs are touching that number. This
0: is terrible podcast content. You're going to teach me afterwards.
1: I guess I'll teach you later. Yeah. But what if one of our listeners doesn't know how Minesweeper works?
0: I'm pretty sure I'm the only one who doesn't know how Minesweeper works.
1: Anyway, I also really like Two Dots on mobile. <laughs> I playing that a lot.
0: Yeah, you'd love that. Yeah. Oh, oh, and a uh, uh, special shout out to... Um, I- you know, I've been thinking about this game more and more and I want to revisit it. I really love Uncharted 4 and also the 2013 remake of Tomb Raider.
1: Yeah, Tomb Raider's is good. I should say Dragon Age Inquisition is one of the games that I've put the most time into.
0: It's, oh God, yeah. it's so damn good. Don't at me. It's just so damn good. Aaron. Yo, what's up?
1: What Resident Evil character do you think best fits you? And what character do you think best fits your fiancé. Uh, so
0: this came from listener Sean. And so uh, anyone that knows me knows I-, I should say Resident Evil 1, the very first Resident Evil, is one of my favorite games of all time as well. Um, but I always played that as a co-op game with friends. So it's kind of hard for me to think of it as a single player. You did player.
1: like a pass and play. Yeah.
0: Right? It's just that's why I play every Resident Evil. It's so much fun. Um, but if you know me, you know that I love Resident Evil and everything that series has, it warts and all. Um, I looked at this question before we recorded. And I struggle with assigning a character to you because a lot of the females in Resident Evil are problematic. I think that you exude the virtue and strength of Claire Redfield. I appreciate Specifically that. from Resident Evil 2 and Resident Evil Code Veronica and some of the really bad CG movies that were put out.
1: It doesn't have to be a lady character.
0: Well, see, a lot of the guys are just blah because you got Chris Redfield, who's like a beefy linebacker. and mm-hmm. ugh,
1: You don't uh, think of me like a beefy linebacker? I,
0: I, I struggle. Uh, who do I think I am? I will say this much. My freshman year of college, I did go as Leon S. Kennedy for Halloween, specifically from Resident Evil 4, and I went all over Pittsburgh looking for a Leon S. Kennedy jacket, which I then found, and I had like a weird little side butt cut, and nobody knew who I was except for me.
1: Oh no, a side butt cut. Yeah. Wow.
0: Yeah, is real bad, but uh, yeah, I'll say Leon S. Kennedy.
1: My notes for this question are, this one is for Aaron. <laughs>
0: Oh my God! Resident Evil Seven, so good. Just gotta say it. Anyway, next question um, from Rob: Do you have, do you each have your own set of dice, or do you share?
1: We each have our own. Yeah. Yeah, I have this really pretty blue, like galaxy-colored set of dice that I am always and forever misplacing. Um, I don't play. Like, I don't have a running tabletop RPG group or anything. So I don't play anything where I need a full dice set all the time. Mm-hmm. And that's what allows me to lose it in between. Um, and so th- that doesn't justify me getting another dice set. But also every year at Gen Con, I look and I'm like, maybe I could get another one. And they're never as pretty as this blue galaxy dice set that I have. So
0: It seems like it fits you. Like, like it's space, fun. galaxy stuff. Yeah. like. I associate anything like Spacey. interstellar with you, honestly. Uh, I, How about you? I uh, you I just recently, bought a new one. Yeah. Yeah. I, I recently came into a new set of dice. Um, came
1: into well, <laughs> yeah, I came into them. It was from left my to my me in the will. Yeah.
0: Uh, at Gen Con, I I got a new dice tray. Or no, I, I got a new dice, dice vault. Yeah, I got a dice vault.
1: Oh my gosh! Can we just take a second to talk about? The makers of your dice vault,
0: Wormwood. Ah, oh, they're, oh, so they're so good. great. Yeah, their stuff
1: is so pretty, and
0: they've got a lifetime warranty. So if anything ever happens to it, they'll replace it. They will replace it for your charge. I love everything of theirs. Uh, when we move into a bigger place, I want to get that table. Maybe we oh can just God. have
1: them build our house.
0: Yeah, why not? It'll yeah. have all sorts of hidden pathways. But at Gen Con, I looked around and I got I got a uh, set of clear die. For my dice vault, and uh, a few years ago, I bought uh, a nice set of like metal dice oh, that Liz hates because dice. they're very heavy. But uh, but it it feels very impactful whenever I roll, it on like that. It's
1: literally very impactful, mm-hmm. and that's why I hate it, because if you roll it on a table, you'll ruin the table forever. Moving on! I should plug right now. What's up? Dice trays. Everyone should have dice trays. Yeah. Dice trays are great. That's actually related to this next question, mm-hmm. which is... What is a good game to play while a baby is sleeping in the other room? This question actually comes to us from a coworker of mine mm-hmm. who asked me when she found out I know about board games. I
0: think it is a brilliant question, and I, I, I think it's something that... Um, it was brought to us a few a few weeks ago, and I really had to rack my brain on what I would say.
1: Yeah, so so the reason I said that the dice tray is a nice segue is generally what I think having a baby sleeping in the next room means is you don't want something that makes any noise. You don't want something that requires like reading out loud. You don't want or, something like
0: a secret Hitler word you're yelling at people. Well,
1: certainly not that, or um, necessarily rolling dice. I mean, depending on the baby and depending on your room setup... You could get away with just, like, a velvet-lined dice tray, Mm -hmm. which, I mean, it really deadens the sound. You'd be surprised. And not using metal dice is also helpful. What do you mean? Uh, And you don't want something... And this was... I gleaned a little bit from my conversation with this person because I also don't have children. But uh, another thing to take into account is not something that takes too long to set up or tear down because it might be like baby goes down for a nap. You don't know how long you're going to have. Baby goes down. Baby goes down. For a nap. Um, And so what I came up with was Splendor, which we talked about already. Mm-hmm which um, the only setup for that is you have to lay cards out and then there's tokens and you just pick them up and you collect them.
0: Can they just like cut us a check? I feel like we talk about Splendor all the time. It's Uh, such a good game.
1: Well, and when we've talked about it previously, we've talked about how we will sometimes even play if we're like watching a movie or Mm -hmm, something, mm -hmm. which is helpful in this instance too, because that means you don't have to talk a lot during it. So you can play pretty quietly. And if you wanted to not... You know, if you wanted to forego the box, you could pack it up so that it would be pretty small mm-hmm. and portable. So I think that's a really good one. Um, another couple of games are I own several of the Fowler games. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. Paperback. So paperback is one. It comes in just like a, a card box that's I don't know six or seven inches long it's essentially a deck builder that's sort of like sort of like Scrabble mm-hmm. like you you build your deck up of letters and then you spell out words to play the cards
0: All those Fowler games are really cool
1: right so another one that's similar is called word domination which you also spell but you're basically placing tiles out on a board to mm-hmm. almost make like a boggle board and then you spell words bouncing around the tiles and that's how you kind of claim ownership of them but neither of those requires a ton of talking um and they're also not quite as they don't require quite as much focus as scrabble because you don't always have to spell like the most complicated word mm-hmm. and that was another thing I wanted to take into account like if you have a new baby sleeping in the next room like maybe some of your brain cells are dead because <laughs> that's what babies do so those were my ideas for that particular situation
0: I have a few ideas um, and the first thing I'm going to say is the Nintendo Switch that was yeah that, so, I was
1: just realized that I had that written down and didn't say it that's y'all, a great suggestion if
0: I could if I had a dollar for every time you were sleeping and I couldn't go to bed and I played Switch for like 20 minutes i'd be a freaking millionaire i love the nintendo switch because it's so portable you can get skyrim doom mario zelda all these great games in there if you're a video game player and you are worried about that get a switch like if if you have a child get a switch you'll be mobile all the time you can break it out whenever you want it's great and you
1: can switch right you can switch
0: to the tv yeah now for board games, the first game that came to mind was Hanabi because Hanabi is a game in which you don't actually talk to play. All of the movement in Hanabi is is quiet. The whole game is made so that you communicate not by speaking but by your actions. Uh, it's a very cheap game. it's only about ten dollars, maybe fifteen dollars you can get it pretty much everywhere. I was also gonna say code names. you could play code names without talking much at all. Um, that's a very easy game to to set up and bring down. Yeah, um, that's
1: good for if you have like more people. You can't play that with just two. Yeah. Well, oh yeah, I guess we have the we have the two player co op. There various, is there is yeah.
0: Codenames Duet, and we we should do an episode on that soon. Yeah. Um, I also wanted to bring in uh, a game that we played a lot during our first holiday together. Uh, it's pretty Boss simple. Monster. Boss Monster is a game that is is very colorful. It's got a great theme. You're essentially acting as a boss monster in an old 8-bit video game and you're building the dungeon that leads up to you you can talk during it but you really don't need to
1: no that's a great suggestion yeah i feel like now we're ready yeah that's all you need to know to have a baby right well
0: let's just let's go to the baby store get that baby yeah you gotta wait in line is it like an apple thing
1: I think probably there's like a genius bar.
0: Yeah. I wanna get a genius baby.
1: We'll discuss more offline.
0: Cool. Next question. That, that's a that's a really great question though. I'm I'm glad your co worker asked. Yeah. I'm glad that your co-worker Ashley I said like co worker. Right. Whatever. Uh, next question. We received this question from the panel at Gen Con and uh, giving giving us some time to kind of like stew and ruminate on it, I think we're gonna have a good answer, but uh, from from one of our attendees at our Gen Con panel, they asked, how do you get a significant other who isn't into gaming to play with you? And I feel like this is a huge question for everyone that games.
1: Right, yeah, we've actually gotten variants of this question a number of times, or even just like if people find out that, like I know in my experience, if people find out I do this podcast, they they might say like, oh, my SO like isn't interested in mm-hmm. that or something like that. So, I mean, definitely up front, I want to say don't make people do something that they don't want to do. Yeah. Like, I mean, this isn't about like pushing somebody into something that they really don't like. But that being said, it's important to figure out what it is when they say they're not into gaming or you think they're not into gaming. Like, what does that mean? Are they not into competitive gaming or do they feel like they get too competitive or do they not like the way other people act or do they not like heavily thematic games like do they you know just not interested in like wizards and science fiction and stuff like that once you figure out what it is that's like scaring somebody away or keeping them away i think that's the way that you figure out what would be a good game to segue into it?
0: I 100% agree. And and I think part of this question, or rather part of my answer to this question comes down to when you're talking to your partner, I would not push it on somebody. But if you ever see them take an interest, if you ever see them ask a question, invite them to learn more. And if you know that there's a subject that they're interested in, like uh, let's say they're really into space. There's multitudes of board games that deal with space if they're really into horror mansions of madness is a really fun horror game or betrayal is
1: or really like anything i mean carnivals we have a carnival game there's Mm -hmm. games about zoos there's a game about building roller coasters like any more in this especially in, in this like board game renaissance there are board games about just about anything and also i think this applies more to board games than video games but One thing I've noticed is that a lot of people are sort of like not interested. They really hate the part where you're sitting down and figuring out how a board game is supposed to work. They don't like not, you know, not knowing what to do right away. So I think if you're trying to help somebody figure out if if they could be interested in board games, a really important step is... To teach them a game that you already know really well. Yes. Um, preferably like Lords with... Lords of Waterdeep. Right. Preferably with other people who already know. Because, like, Lords of Waterdeep is a good example because just from the rule book, it would take a little while to figure out. And that, for somebody who's, like, on the fence, that's a lot of time for them to be like, eh, I just don't want to do this. Um, another thing is people have a perception of what games and gaming are. And I think... They don't always realize what it can be. Like, if you have a partner who really likes puzzles, I mean, there are excellent games that are sort of like that. Or like, I love, love Tetris. And there's a board game that's very similar to, it's reminiscent of Tetris, Tetris. which is uh, nine. Number nine? Number nine. Yeah.
0: Oh my God. One of our listeners picked it up and I was like, you're going to have a good time. And two hours later, they were like, you were right. Yeah, it's
1: a great (laughs) game. But that's the kind of game that, it's. I mean, there's no barrier to entry there. It's just like a fun thing to do. But people might not think of that when they think of gaming. Like when they say, I'm not into games, they're not necessarily, I think, always thinking of something like that.
0: I, I really want to stress too, um, if you start going out with somebody and they're not into games, that's not the end of the world. It doesn't mean that they're not going to be in the games forever. I, I really think it's like patience is key. Um, and if it's important to you, it should be important to the person that you are dating. Right. And that doesn't mean they need to be a part of every hobby, but if this is a hobby that you'd like for them to be a part of, it takes a lot of work on your part to make sure that their entry into that hobby is clean,
1: friendly, friendly, and
0: and also like surrounding, surrounding that person with other people that are one, positive, two, optimistic, and three, just easy to play with is is paramount. You really can't sit somebody down at a table with people that think they know everything about a game that are not casual about it and want to play competitively. Right. You need to put them into an environment that is going to be welcoming to them.
1: And the same is true also for video games. I mean, you think a lot about um, like sitting down and playing Mario Brothers or something with somebody, right? Like that's a very specific type of video game experience, which is great and... I mean, couch co-op is totally an option or a pass and play, but you can also find friendly ways to introduce somebody to like Destiny 2 is a game that is like a massively multiplayer game, but those have a reputation for being really difficult, especially for people who present as female. I mean, there's all kinds of issues and those issues aren't completely gone because it's still the internet basically but you can set things up to be friendly and welcoming and most you know especially as I think we get older you can find more people who also support that like bringing somebody in helping them be interested Mm -hmm. not creating gateways you know.
0: I, I, I think that it is as much on you to do the work to make sure that they have a good environment going in as it is for them to like be open and accepting of that invitation. Right. And and maybe it's one of those things where you say, Hey, this weekend I wanna do something that you love that I don't know about. And maybe next weekend we trade and we and we play a game. Yeah, that's you know,
1: really important. I mean it's not a one sided It's thing. gotta be
0: it's gotta be give and take. I'm not talking about compromise. I'm talking about being equal in that.
1: Right. And and it's also fine, you know, I mean if you just don't do all of the things yeah. together, right? Like find party games or something that the person can be interested in, but maybe you don't ever play crunchy games with your partner yeah. and that's just how it is. And that's fine, you know, find other people to play with.
0: It, I, I think that we've been unusually lucky in that we share a lot of the same interests, but there are times when, when there's something that we should both love and it just doesn't hit me the same way for me as it does for you. And, yeah. And like the biggest example I can think of is, you love the show The Man in the High Castle. You, you well,
1: I don't. I mean, you I love don't, that
0: first season. I you didn't. Wanted, you wanted to keep watching it.
1: Okay, but that's a super low bar. Okay. I wanted to keep watching it. <laughs> I that was all.
0: But but like th- this is a show and me who loves Wolfenstein this is a show about what if the Nazis like fighting won. fighting Nazis. Yeah. yeah, and and I I read the synopsis and I was like, I should love this. And it felt weird for us to like not both be on the same page. I think I ducked out like four episodes before right. the end. I
1: did continue to watch. I think I got to the end of that season. Mm-hmm. I don't really know. But yeah, it. I mean, things like that surprise me when they happen, but they're relatively infrequent. And I don't think either one of us is like, super pushy about
0: it no but the important thing is that we we allow time to try the new thing and once we have experienced it we can evaluate whether or not it's for us or not or maybe you or just me um so i i I think i think if you have a partner who isn't into gaming and you would like them to join you it's really just a matter of of you know maybe there's something that your partner likes that you didn't know of and just try that out and maybe ask them to play a game with you. Just create a good environment for them to come into because that'll pay off in the end.
1: Right. Are you ready for the next question? Yeah, I'm into it. All right. This is the last question, so we got to make it good. Uh, So Chris asks, how do you decide what games to play? How do you listen to your partner in selecting games? So those are obviously two questions, but it's the last question, so we can do a double. Yeah. I, I feel like a lot of the time we decide together, I think you're more likely to be the person who proposes a game that I haven't thought of yet otherwise I feel like I usually just talk about games that we've mentioned that oh we need to play that Mm -hmm. um so yeah I mean we also get a lot of suggestions from listeners which is really cool and helpful because part of what I think both of us want to do with this show is kind of showcase games that maybe we wouldn't know about otherwise Mm -hmm. so we talk about a lot of big games um, but we also talk about a lot of brand new games. we talk about indie games, um Kickstarter games. so, yeah, I love getting suggestions from other people for what to play because I think it you know we talk a lot about that we have shared interests and and that can mean that sometimes our our kind of view is a little bit narrow as far as what we have access to and stuff because we're all we're both looking at a lot of the same thing so yeah, I like the the listener suggestions that we get a lot for games. Um, somebody at our panel told us that we should check out Fog of Love. And oh my god, ended up what a great game! Awesome. It was so great. Yeah, I, I
0: I think the important thing is if you propose a game to play uh, with anyone, you can you can read whether or not they're into it. Um, and there have been a few games that that I proposed that I just just didn't hit as hard as i'd like and i was like all right well maybe we'll save that for later because there's always more than one game in our in our household at least um, there's
1: approximately 1200 there's, there's games too, in too our many.
0: house um but i i think i think in deciding what games to play you really have to this is going to sound cheesy you got to go with your heart and you got to go with like what you're enthusiastic about at the time
1: yeah so so when we're picking games for the show i'm definitely more receptive to playing something that i don't know if i'll like because i think that's important too like i don't We don't need to just be gushing over every single thing that we play. And I want to expand my comfort zone sometimes. But when the second part of this question, how do you listen to your partner in selecting games, I think applies outside of the show as well. And to me, that part's almost much easier. Because for the show, we take other things into account. Like, would this work well for us to talk about? Does it give us something new to discuss? If we're just... like selecting a game for ourselves to play or to play with our friend I think it's a lot nicer because it's just do you want to play this yeah here's what it's about but I mean that's for us both of us are pretty well versed in board games and video games like terminology and we know a lot about the types of games that we're going to be into and the subject matters that we like Um, and if if we're playing with a group of people, like, I think that's kind of an interesting thing to explore. How do you decide with a group of people, what game to play? Mm -hmm. And we did encounter that a little bit when, when we last had a game night with friends, because especially if you don't know everybody to, to be like, am I reading this person? Are they really not super enthused about it? That's important. But, um, in the end, I think as long as you make sure that people are having fun during it. And you're open to the idea of switching games if it's not really working. Mm-hmm. But both of the, both of us are pretty enthusiastic people. And so if we actually start a game, I think we're pretty good at keeping that momentum up, which helps get people into it.
0: I've said it before and I'll say it again. I think that outlook and attitude is 50% of, of your enjoyment during a game. Uh, the other 50%, well... I'll say I'll say the other 40%. And I'll say that the last 10% is the actual game. I'll say uh uh the other 40% is who you surround yourself with. And that's just something that I say for life. If you surround yourself with people that that want to have a good time, are optimistic, that share your same sense of humor, you're going to have a much better time than than playing with somebody who's who's always cynical and sardonic and and makes you feel bad about maybe just doing a move in a game. You don't want to play with those <laughs> types of people. You got a little
1: godfather on that. Uh, playing doing a move, a move in a game. In a game.
0: Uh, but it's it's really who you surround yourself with. And, I mean, if, if you're in, let's say you're in college, it might be a little bit harder because, you know, you're in college and you only have so many people to play with in college. Right. But if you're an adult... Um, what I would suggest is there are plenty of Facebook groups for uh for just about every city that I've lived in, there's mm-hmm. been Facebook groups for for board game nights. Also um, meetup.com. I know meetup.com people have had really huge. good success with. Yep. And uh I would say if you go on to uh two forums that I've had a lot of success with is uh gamerswithjobs.com is really great. There's a great community there. Uh, Resetera is great for video games. It's a little bit harder to get onto that message board, but you can always view and and see what the community's doing. And also, uh, Board Game Geek has a pretty good forum system. There, you can typically find uh, like minded people like yourself that you would want to play games with.
1: That sounds great. Yeah, I have one more question.
0: I got one more question. I got one more answer. I you got, got one more answer. I got one more answer. One
1: more answer. My question is. Would you like to go to the credit department?
0: Oh, gosh. I think I would. Should we go?
1: We should. I want to plug something really fast first. Plug it. So we mentioned at the top of the show uh, briefly that... You and I are both going to be in an upcoming episode of Adventure. I think it'll
0: be like three episodes. Yeah. yeah well, yeah. so
1: an upcoming arc. arc. So um, Adventure is part of the One Shot Network. Yeah, yeah. It is a series of one shots that are all um, sort of pop culture themed. Mm-hmm. And so they did I-
0: Pokemon, Magic School Bus. You were right. on for Mass Effect So recently. I was going to
1: say also what I'm plugging is um, the current- run that's being put out It comes out every other week is mass effect and that i played liara to sony in that and um, i think there's going to be three or four episodes so the first one's out mm-hmm. and then it'll probably be a month or several from now but you'll be able to get our buffy the vampire slayer adventure oh, man. i can't wait yeah it's going to be fun i am hopefully going to be willow rosenberg you're
0: going to be willow and i'm going to be xander trashman
1: Xander Trashman. That's his actual
0: canonical last name, Trashman.
1: Al- it's actually Alexander. Alexander Alexander Trashman. 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 Yeah. yeah. Trashman.
0: Uh we were able to uh choose our own characters and I was like, I'll fall in the grenade, I'll be Xander. Well,
1: Giles was an N P C which is it makes oh, it hard. Oh, Giles would have been the in best. the setting, Angel is like locked away, Spike mm-hmm. is out of town. Like there weren't really any any good options, so of, of the dude persuasion i
0: i would have been faith but like most of what i know from faith is from angel and she's always like
1: i'm bad i'm bad angel you gotta kill me i'm bad that's such a terrible impression of faith and that's really why i didn't, pick her. That's why I didn't pick her that's why, why i'm to, xander aaron we have to end this show
0: all right cool let's go to the credits department let's go all right Liz, that's an excellent shout-out, and I actually want to give two more shout-outs to people that left us reviews on iTunes. Uh, we oh, boy. Rec- we recorded some of our episodes in advance, so we didn't get a chance to uh, give you a shout-out until now. But Dr. Villainous and Mopedimus, thank you so much for the five-star review on iTunes. Honestly, y'all, like, leaving us a review on iTunes is probably the best help you can give us outside of our Patreon. Because it really is. It, it helps the show grow and if people see your testimonials they'll get they'll want to listen to um one of my one of my favorite things is uh in dr villainous's review it says now i need to eat grilled cheese and tomato soup good goofs (laughs) good goofs (laughs) makes me very happy um in going to the credits department i will let you know that this podcast is produced every other week for your enjoyment so come back often and feel free to add the cooperatives podcast to your favorite podcatcher Reviews are very welcome. They help the show succeed. Once again, thank you so much to Dr. Villainous Uh Just re- reviews mean so much to us. Thank you so much. Yes, you, thank you. You can also follow us on Twitter at Pod and on Facebook at Facebook.com slash pod. If there's a particular game that you think we should play and discuss, please don't hesitate to send us an email at CooperativesPod at gmail.com or just leave us a message on social media. Uh, I know a lot of the audience likes to correspond with me and you on Twitter personally. And Liz, what is your Twitter handle?
1: My Twitter handle is at paperbacklizard.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And my Twitter handle is at I'm Aaron J. All links are going to be in the show notes. We'll we'll send some links out to some of the games that we plugged. Uh, thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next time. See you on the flip. All right, bye everybody.
1: Bye.
0: Bye. bye.